boy, here we go for the big old Monday show. Welcome to it. I am the Stretch Henry. This is Big 49. Man, I have to tell you, as hard as we work on the Big 49, and we work really hard, uh, uh, we do a lot of stuff. We do as much as we can with what we got, and we bust our butts, and we battle all fronts on haters and on ad agencies. It's a pain in the butt, but we, you know, we're in the battle. We fight and fight and fight and fight and slug away. Uh, Big 49 is now the official stepchild of our country property, westofnash.com. It's West of Nashville is what we call it, but we've got a country station called westofnash.com. Freaking blowtorch. We just checked our ratings period, and, and basically, West of Nashville ate Big 49. And, and don't get me wrong, Big 49 is no slouch. We've got way more than the 10 listeners we started with. Way more. But boy, man, I'm telling you, West of Nashville's a freaking blowtorch. So if you like country music, go check out the westofnash.com. Also on the iHeart app, also on Amazon. Everywhere Big 49 is, you can get it, or you can just go to westofdash.com and listen to it straight from our website. Boy, like that thing just sits there by itself and just rolls along and is beating the bejesus out of us. I'm glad it's ours. It's a freaking monster, that thing. I'm a monster. All right, let me get into some stories I will talk about today. Of course, I will get into motocross because it was round two of the motocross season. Hangtown up Sacramento area, Northern California. Uh, updates today in the Moto Minutes. Uh, there were some injuries sustained in J-Mart and Michael Mosman. I do have an update today in the Moto Minutes on J-Mart. Uh, not anything on Michael Mosman yet. I'm sure I'll get that pretty soon. But damn, crazy days out there. Uh, the Lawrence brothers continue to dominate. In fact, We will talk to your 450 winner, Mr. Jet Lawrence, coming up here in a few minutes. We'll get down with Mr. Jet. And just know, too, audio quality-wise, it was 90-something degrees up at Hangtown. And you can hear as we talk to him. So on their mic, you just hear a solid hiss in the background of probably an air conditioner or fan inside the tent area where they do the press conference. But... No shame in that game, man. I get it's hot as hell. Outside of Moto today, let's get into some regular stories we will be talking about. I'm going to give you the old bait and switch. I'm California. Going to give you the old bait and switcheroo. You know how we're all about to lose everything gas burning by 2035 here in California? Well, get ready. How are you going to pay for all that electricity? And they're realizing this. Like, hey, we put the cart before the horse. We decided to be really woke and get rid of all gas-burning ovens and stoves and heaters and lawnmowers and leaf blowers and motorcycles and cars, and we don't really have the electrical infrastructure to support that, especially within the timeline of when we're going to do it. Oh, Lucy, what are we going to do? Well, I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're going to have you. That's what they're going to do. And everybody that supported that was like, I'll slow down with the Obama, reducing my carbon footprint. Oh, my God. I'm so woke. I think I'm going to bend over and smell my own ass because I really like the aroma so much. It's wonderful. Even though if I fart, it's bad for the environment. So I'm thinking of 
uh, sewing a bag over my butthole, which will catch all the methane that comes out of my butt. And then I'll take that out and I'll bury it in the field and it'll turn into methane gas in the field, which we'll never use because we're against carbon. Duh. Yeah, no, no, no. You people are idiots. And you're gonna get effed. Really effed by California here very, very soon. All of us are gonna get effed, but some of us that are smart knew that, like you guys. After that, I got a bunch of what the Florida stories because it's always just comforting. As much as I rant about California, then I'm like, wow, at least we're not Florida. Even though I think I'd rather live in Florida at this point. I really would. Sure, there's crazies and fun stuff and people getting eaten by sharks and alligators, but it's the government's not out of their mind. All right, so let's get into this. Jet Lawrence next, and I'm going to tell you how California has pulled the bait and switch and all the electric car bullcrap. Talk about this one. Coming up on the 4-9. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. All right, I may have a man crush on the Red Bull KTM MXGP rider Jeffrey Erlings. After his 102nd MXGP win, which is historic because he has the most wins ever, so every time he wins, it's record-breaking, breaking his own record. Jeffrey was asked on the podium about the impressive feat, to which he replied, 102 MXGP wins is amazingly impressive, and I really just want to thank myself because I'm the one that did it. Oh, my God. It's like he's my son or something. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is a Stretch show, and this is going to seem like a regular thing on Mondays. I got a feeling as we roll into the outdoor season, and Jet Lawrence is killing it in the 450 division. Talking about throwing a perfect game so far. Four motos, four wins, four overall wins. Sitting at number one in the championship. Got the red plate. Looking like a beast out there, Jet. It is pretty awesome to watch. Uh, walk us through your first day out here at Hangtown on the 450s. Um, yeah, no, it was kind of just learning the track again. It's a new formula, obviously, because uh, it's on a different bike, different power. So I was kind of learning for learning that. Uh, but no, it was, it was fun to learn in the in the first mode just to kind of like where I can kind of give and take a few spots on where I can be aggressive, where I can't be aggressive because the track was so chopped out and that stuff and it was already dry. So the track was already gone and <laughs> on the first few laps of Moto 1. Um, they tried fixing it with uh, a ton of water. It doesn't help. Uh, but no, it was not a, not a crazy day. Still a few things to work on. Now I need to know. I need to make sure I eat <laughs> in between motos. I didn't yeah. eat. I just had one of G smoothies and... and um, yeah, that didn't last me the whole motor, so, but, uh, no, it's good to learn, another thing I can learn on and, uh, and improve, but, uh, no, on to, uh, on to Colorado, here we go, and get to see how the bike is at altitude. All right, you, you talked about eating, uh, earlier, uh, in the, on the podium as well, and now here you are saying that you ran out of gas, basically, uh, you know, physically on your person. At what point did that happen? Because I couldn't see it. Like, was there a certain point in the race where you realized, damn, I'm hungry and I feel like I'm, you know, zapped of energy. Like, uh, what happened there? I would say, I think, I w like, it wasn't much of a bonking. It was kind of just like, <laughs> just like the my energy spurs. I couldn't quite, yeah. like, go and, and my mouth got pretty dry pretty quickly. Yeah. But I, I would say everyone else's mouth is pretty dry out there. Yeah. But I would say <laughs> maybe halfway or something. And I kind of realized it was going down a bit. Then I decided to kind of like just make sure I maintain 
And uh, and this ride smart. All right, let's talk about riding smart. You are really good at managing a pretty significant gap between you and second place. The only time we haven't seen that out of the four motos so far was uh, Moto2 last week when Chase was all over you. But uh, you did it both motos today. You did it the first moto last Saturday. Like, what's your strategy on your gap management for keeping these leads like they are? Um, it's kind of uh, just finding a decent kind of comfortable pace for me to go at. Okay. And then, obviously, I'm assessing kind of the gap. Yeah. Uh, on the first few laps, kind of go as fast as you can and just try and, while everyone's kind of behind you, like trying to make passes and that stuff, might, might get hold up a little bit, trying to, just yeah. get away a little bit because I feel like that's where I mainly get get my gap okay. and I just kind of tuck my ears back and go and, and then then from there once I get that five to so second gap I just kind of alright see where see where my pace is at can I, can I keep on gapping him out um, yeah. with my pace if not we just stay here and just try not make mistakes and, and I'm all and this track I was searching a lot with some different lines and that stuff just to kind of uh, see if I could gain any I took a few lines and lost yeah. some time Okay. Um, but one of the main things, especially in this first moto, is lappers. Is just trying to get yeah. through through them was such a big, big, uh, big thing. They were waving blue flags, but none of the none of the riders really listened. They were, uh, <laughs> kept on racing each other and battling. So, kind of sucked with that side of things. Like when you're that far behind, just, if you can respectfully just move over for us because we're going for obviously something a lot bigger. And to lose time like that just because of a lapper, I know chance got held up and I'm losing position. So, I mean, it's it's happened in both classes, which kind of sucks for us to try and, and especially for me to maintain. It sucks, but we got we to gotta deal with it. And uh, thankfully, I got screwed and the, and the guys behind me got screwed a little bit also. So, I got a little lady luck with that. But, um, no, it's, it's just a lot of kind of looking at my lap time, see where, I, see where I'm at, the yeah. gap. Uh, I have a kind of a rough eye of where the lad's at. I had my few spots where I could see him out of the corner of my eye. Yeah. So I was just kind of keeping an eye on that. Oh, and when AP got into second, I could see you pick it up a bit, so I ended up having to pick it up a bit. Yeah. So I was just kind of just seeing what their uh, yeah. body language is kind of like. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Let's talk about body language in that Honda truck, man. You've got you and your brother both winning back-to-back, -back, two races down, two overall wins in the 250 and the 450. They've got to be excited over there. And for you personally, I mean, did you expect this kind of success this early? I mean, did you? You knew we all knew you were already going to be fast on the 450, but you know, uh, well, where are you at in your head? I guess as far as where where you should be, are you further along, or are you feeling like you're you're right on the money of where you thought you were going to be? Um, yeah, I definitely would say I knew my sprint speed would be decent okay. just because off of. 250s, I was fairly close in times and going onto a bike that has more power. Yeah. I, you know, I had a decent chance of running with the top guys, but I definitely yeah. wouldn't have thought it would go this good so far. Okay. And uh, like you said, yeah, Hunter, another win. He just needs to sort his first motors out. He's run like an idiot, getting <laughs> terrible starts. But besides that, good good weekend from both of us. Honda's happy. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, we just go back, same thing during the week, just kind of get some more more time on the 450 because I'm still learning how that uh, how the characters are and that stuff of it. So um, yeah, get to go and race uh, another sick track on on the on the 450, yeah. and hopefully we can learn even some more stuff just for uh, to. 
build my career and my experience. Yeah, and I have a feeling we're going to talk to you very soon in your career, like next weekend in Colorado when that race is over, man. You are having a phenomenal rookie season. Congratulations on your success. Congratulations to the HRC Honda uh, truck, man, because you guys are kicking ass. And we will talk to you next weekend. I got a feeling. So uh, can't wait for Colorado. I'm Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big 4-9, it is a stretch show. Right now, let's get into a fun little lob coming to California, potentially. Uh, it is going to involve a set fee for your electric bill, but it's not your electric bill. So here you go. California law would set a sliding scale for electricity bills based on your household income. The fixed monthly fee would range from $15 if you are poor to $128 if you're rich. And that's completely separate from your usage fee. So you're still gonna pay the same electric bill you got, this is just a new fee they're gonna slide on you depending on how much money you make. That's comforting. Yeah, we they say we got to build the infrastructure we're getting rid of all gas we're going to be everything electric so we got to build the infrastructure and how can we build the infrastructure unless we demonize those successful people uh, a lot of people not happy about it say Californians might soon get electric bills based on how much they make the higher their income the more they'll owe each month part of a plan to pay for modernizing California's ancient electrical infrastructure whose down power lines have been blamed for starting massive forest fires and where an increasingly hotter and drier climate is pushing demand for energy. No, 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 no. It's not global warming. Eat my dick. We have a big electrical push being made because the government is banning everything outside of electricity. You're only going to be able to have electric powered everything, vehicles, motorcycles, lawn blowers, ovens, stoves. Everything has got to be electric here. So the demand is surging from that. It's not surging because of global effing warming. Freaking Washington Post communist prick bastards. That's what the article says. The new state law aims to make higher income people shoulder the greater burden when it comes to paying for the power system's modernization. The thing that doesn't totally take out the equation how much power each household uses because that's still there. Part of each bill will be based on that. So you, you're going to pay your electric bill. You're just going to get whapped an additional fee now to pay for infrastructure, depending on how much you make. And the more you make, the more you pay. That seems fair, right? Other than, hey, there's this many people in the state. We all pay this much. We're good. No, let's get those rich efforts. That's the problem with California. That's what sent people fleeing. And guess what? It's not all fair because different areas are going to pay even more. They say a household income over $180,000 would pay 92 a month in Los Angeles. However, in San Diego, a $180,000 income would pay $128 a month. A lot of homeowners not happy about the proposed changes, which have yet to be implemented. And people are pissed. The new plan is the opposite. They're saying it's fair. No, it's not fair. It's BS. And then there's retirees going, wait a minute. We do everything they say. We run our washers at night. We do all of our cooking at night. 
Everything they do, they, they don't tax the electrical grid and they try to keep their bill as low as they can. Now they're gonna get this fee based on their income and they say that fee alone would be more than what they've been able to keep their electric bill at outside of it. So you're like, and this is a retiree. This isn't some rich ass person in Eureka, California. So if they were paying, let's say, a month in their electric bill because they did a really good job of not using electricity and toughing it out through hot-ass weather. And now they're being punished because they might be successful. They might have a decent income. They say some researchers say the fixed uh, price charges, especially when set on a sliding scale, are way more fair based on everyone's income level. Yeah, said the freaking pinko communist lib bastard that wrote this it's not fair it's bs this is the state where you are constantly demonized for success where you are constantly persecuted by the government of the state for being successful and it's your fault other people aren't successful especially if you're a white dude like me oh my god we're the biggest demons in the state of california i'm sick of it I'm sick of it. We got to stand up. We've got to get rid of these people in California. They have to go. And I'm talking about the freaking self-hating freaking Democrat rulers of the state. They have to go. Oh, my God. They're saying this makes it cheaper to use electricity to operate electric cars and appliances. According to the National Electric whatever. Yeah, eat a ball of dicks. Makes it cheaper for you guys because you effed up and didn't build the infrastructure while you were price gouging us for all these years. Remember all that price gouging where all those people went to prison and everything? And the Democrat governors of California were in cahoots with them? Remember that? Yeah, I do. And we never invested in the infrastructure. We never made it better. And then we knew we were driving towards an all-electric everything. And now they want to take it out on me and you, especially me and you who may be more successful than a low-income house. F that. Uh, we we got to stop. But this, you know, will drive people to get electric in their homes, and it just it, it just helps them. And here's what they've done. When you're the state with the highest fuel taxes in the nation, and then you do everything you can to kibosh fuel burning, you just shot yourself in the foot. So now they're panicked and they're like, crap, we need a lot. We've lost a ton of money. We have self-imposed restrictions on our own income, especially gas in a state with 30 whatever million people that all drive vehicles. Average, Average household has like three or four cars in California. Most of those cars are not electric at this point. They're gas burning. Man, I have a theory on this too. Tell me I'm wrong. You know how... I, I saw, I have seen stories about, let's just equate music, because we're a radio station, to time. So we started off with records, and then cassettes came. And I remember as a kid buying cassettes of albums I already had on vinyl, because I wanted them in my car. And then CDs came, and I remember buying albums on CD that I already had on cassette, and I no longer had any vinyl at that point. And I got CDs, and then MP3s come, and there's a lot of music I bought again on MP3s. Electric cars are not sustainable. The batteries are not sustainable. What is sustainable probably is the hydrogen fuel cells, 
and that's what's going to happen in the future. But in the meantime, they're going to make all of us buy to, to feed the economy and to feed the tax dollars. They're going to make us all go electric, and then from electric, we're all going to transition and have to reinvest again into our transportation, which will probably be another alternative fuel vehicle because we found out these batteries are really expensive, really expensive to replace, and their life isn't as long as the vehicle. The vehicle will last way longer than that battery will. Yet, the, the vehicle becomes junk when the battery dies, and you're like, yeah, $10,000 to replace the battery on a car that's now worth seven? Sorry, it's a total. And you ditch it. So, we're gonna have another model here. It's not going to be all electric. It's going to be something else, and they need to invest in that and steer us towards that and skip this middleman. The only problem is they need us to all buy electric cars and electric this and electric that so they can make a crap load of tax dollars in the process. That's what I feel is really happening as we then reroute to hydrogen fuel or something else. It's a scam. It's all a way to extort money out of us, and that's all they do here in California. F you, California. Eat my balls. I'm taking a big 49 across the state lines, and I'm still going to operate in your area. I'm just not going to be here, and you won't be able to touch me. A-holes. I'm stretch. I'm angry. It's a big 49. Big, 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 big. The big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Just one week after making Moto history as the first brothers to ever sweep the overall wins in the 250 and 450 class, the Lawrence brothers followed it up by becoming the first brothers to ever sweep the day on both 250 and 450 two weeks in a row. That's right, these kids are on fire, and Hunter, remember, is still banged up with some sore ribs. These two have the potential to be the first brothers to ever sweep the 250 and 450 Outdoor Pro Motocross Championships in the same year, and I'm not even joking about that. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Ah, here we go. Shout out to Ghost Energy Drinks. Stretch Show, powered by Ghost Energy Drinks. Man, I don't know what I'd do without them. Gets me going, gets me up in the morning, gets me through the night. Remember, all I do is work. Woo! Let's go to Florida. Make me feel better about living in California. Because one thing we have in California, but they're not as obnoxious as they are in Florida, is homeowners associations. Plantation, Florida. A South Florida woman who is 59 years old. Her name is Dory uh, Cosley. Well, a couple weeks ago, her husband, Richard, died suddenly of a heart attack. Unexpectedly, no long illness, he had a heart attack and died. So imagine that, you know, tragedy, you're dealing with that and you're trying to get the family together. And apparently, where they live, there's a homeowners association. And there is a parking lot where you park your cars. And there's certain rules to that parking lot. Well, the lady that is the president of the Homeowners Association, where, by the way, uh, Richard, the husband who is deceased, worked as a security guard for a long time. So not only did the lady that's the president of the Homeowners Association know him, she knew he died and that they were planning his funeral. Well, imagine the family's surprise when on the day of his funeral, they're rolling out to the funeral and they're like, hey, where's Richard's cars? He had two Dodge Chargers to set in the parking lot. 
or apparently they've been there too long without being moved or whatever the story is. So the homeowners association had them towed away on the day of his funeral. And they were sitting there collecting fees and a bunch of fees this lady didn't have. The lady called the homeowners association crying hysterically like, please give us back the cars. I was dealing with the funeral. I didn't have time to move them or whatever I needed to do. And they're like, yeah, the rules are the rules. Suck it. You can go bail those cars out and pay that fee. And then this lady called the local news and the local news comes down and apparently the lady that runs it, Miss Seaman, and I'm not making that up, Miss Seaman is like, had a beef with them because they got pictures of cars sitting in the parking lot with cobwebs and dust covered in leaves and they're not towed away. Yet the dead guy who had two nice Dodge Chargers got towed away because they were in violation. Yet other cars don't get towed away for the violation. So it just depends apparently according to the news story as Miss Seaman sees fit. And she thought it was fitting to tow away a dead man's vehicle on the day of his funeral to add insult to injury on that poor family. Uh, the, the, the wife says, I think she has rules for certain people and rules for other people. Other residents say there is selective enforcement. And then they have the pictures of a Honda Prelude sitting there that's got cobwebs literally on the tires and flat tires. And it's just sitting there. So other residents are like, yeah, we'll, we'll support you, but we're not going on camera because, well, this lady's crazy. We don't want semen coming after us. Last thing you want is some semen on you. Yeah. Nobody wants semen on them. So Seaman uh, talked to the news and then yelled at them, hung up on them on the phone. They went and knocked on her door and she got mad at them. Yeah, watch out for semen. Nice, huh? All right, I got another What the Florida story, but let's break those up because they, they, they bring me great joy, Florida stories, like moto stories. If you missed the Jet Lawrence interview, we will have him again in the final hour of the stretch show, 11 a.m. Pacific time. We'll bring back a little jet for that ass. Uh, coming up next, scientists say they know about near-death experiences. They have figured it out. They have solved the puzzle. And I think a lot of people are going to disagree with them. And we'll talk about that next. It's the Big 49. The man Entertainment report! Right, this isn't something you see every day. This happened in Georgia over the weekend. A driver going more than 100 miles per hour over the speed limit. Yeah, they were in a Ferrari and they were going down Georgia 400 at 178 miles an hour. They say they don't know if they even arrested them. They may have just written a ticket. Apparently in Georgia, everyone drives like a complete a-hole and they're having to change the law so the people that are going more than 75 miles an hour over the speed limit are going to get an extra $200 fine tacked onto their ticket. Oh my God, I'm shaking in my boots, $200. Heavyweight boxer Tyson Fury is furious with Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan dropped some truth on his podcast. Rogan says that Tyson's a great fighter, but if he got in a UFC-style ring with John Jones, he would get effed up, which is a real factual statement. However, when Fury found out, he came out and said Joe Rogan is a little pussy, little effing midget, bald-headed bitch. And he said, he said John Jones could F me up if we were in the room together. I don't think so. Not a man born from a mother could F me up in a room on our own. He says if he got locked in a room with John Jones, he would be the only one walking out of that room. I say, you are sadly mistaken, Mr. Fury. Oh! 
Oh, here's some swell news. Our friends the Saudis say they are going to cut production of oil by a million barrels a day starting in July. What's that going to do? It's going to drive up the price of gasoline. Why are they doing that? Oh, yeah, because they're our friends. No, the Saudis are a bunch of a-hole dicks. They need to stop doing this crap and effing with the gas prices. The Man Earth. Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 4-9. It's a Stretch show on a Monday uh, more moto this weekend. We will be down and broadcasting live as the Pro Motocross season heads into Colorado. A little earlier, but we will get that going. Big 49 will cover it live. By the way, I don't know if you listened, but Moto Man and Jason from HYR talked a lot of smack about Ricky Carmichael on Saturday. I tried to stop them. I tried to stop them. I better, you know what? In the next segment, I'm going to play the commercial that they made with, uh, allegedly, allegedly they made with Budweiser. It's it's very insulting to Mr. Carmichael. Going to play that in the next segment. Right now, though, I'm going to tell you about scientists. They say they have observed that people who are dying have a massive surge in brain activity. Even after their hearts have stopped, They say the activity consistent of gamma waves, which are associated with lucid dreams and hallucinations. You know, like, oh, I saw heaven. I saw Jesus. That's what they're trying to say. They say their observations help explain bizarre reports of near-death experiences like seeing Jesus or deceased loved ones. Scientists say a surge in brain activity in dying patients is one of the very few times where researchers have had the opportunity to measure brain activity in humans immediately before and after death. Researchers say it can help explain the bizarre phenomenon that so many people report during a near-death experience, like leaving the body floating above it. That's all hallucination. You're just tripping balls. You got no soul. That's what they're saying. Say near-death experiences challenges our fundamental understanding of the dying brain. So they published this story. Say they used four patients in the recent study that were comatose and removed from life support. With their family's permission, they strapped their brains up to meters and they just watched them die. And they say right before and right after the heart stopped, the brains went crazy as they were in cardiac arrest. They found that two out of the four of the dying patients experienced a swell of gamma waves, the brain activity associated with lucid dreams and hallucinations. And this is after their hearts had stopped. Scientists have long thought that the brain dies with the rest of the body, but the latest study suggests that people may retain a certain level of consciousness that lends to a dreamlike state and out-of-body experiences even after you die. The brain takes a longer time to die, according to the study. Huh. Say discovery of the marked and organized gamma activities in the dying brain suggested a near-death experience is nothing more than merely a product of a dying brain which is activated at death. Say, as far as I'm concerned, Our study may be as good as it will ever get for finding neural signatures of near-death consciousness. The only thing better than this is to have the patient survive to tell the tale that correlates with the detective brain activity. It's a little arrogant. And here's what's weird. It goes on and on and on. But you got the brains dying. And this guy's saying, yeah, there's no no sustain. We're just dying. Your brain's dying, and your brain trips out when you die, and people that die, then we get their hearts going again. Well, 
It's nothing more than the brain was freaking out, the brain was dying, and it went into this extra gamma activity. And to that I say, wow, that's a great scientific proof that there is no life after death until you see a ghost. I've seen, a, I've been interacted with a number of ghosts. There's a lot of ghosts out there. And also, I've interacted with dead people in a dream state when I was asleep and my brain wasn't dying and I wasn't dead and I wasn't hallucinating and I wasn't high on drugs or drunk on alcohol. So I say poo-poo on your freaking research. Poo-poo on your near-death experience. It's just a brain dying. Gamma rays, the brain's not really dead when we thought it was dead, and that's how near-death experiences come back with these crazy stories of heaven and da-da-da-da. No, 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 no. Ye have little faith. I have faith. I know where I'm going when I die, and I can tell you that seeing a ghost and knowing that that stuff exists, seeing something that isn't real, or a, a part of a once living human that is no longer living and seeing it right in front of your very eyes will change your whole outlook on everything. And that's happened to me, not once, but more than 10 times. And I can tell you, I, I think science can't explain everything. Like we still don't know, to us it's physically, absolutely physically impossible for something to get here from another planet. Yep, there's stuff all around the planet that we don't know what it is. Is it interdimensional? What is it? We don't know because our understanding, our arrogance is far greater than our understanding of everything in the universe. And one of the things we don't understand is consciousness and spirit and soul. Apparently, we don't understand religion either. So, I poop on this uh, story which says, that we've explained it. This is what it is. The brain just goes into this hyper gamma activity. Once the heart stops, it's just dying. That's all it is. None of you are living after death. Yeah, eat my balls. Tell that to the ghost I saw. I'm Stretch. I believe I'm gonna live after I die. And I believe you are too. It's the Big 49. Big 49, it's Stretch Show. Uh, th there's a problem here. There's a huge problem at the 49. I, I didn't get the commercial. I can't play the commercial. I told you I had a commercial for you. It was allegedly sent from Budweiser to the Big 49 that we approved. We told them if they were funny, we would run their commercials and we would do business with them. And they sent us a hysterical commercial. And we played it Saturday during the motocross coverage. And well, uh, Motoman was supposed to send it to me, but I can't find it. But then again, I have 97 email accounts because I'm very important. So I can't find it, but I don't have it to play it. Uh, here is what I know. It basically was a throwback to the old school Bud Light radio and television commercials about real men of genius. And it was all about, uh, here's to you, Mr. Short Stature Motorcycle Man. Most people throw their leg over a bike. You got to be put on there with a cherry picker. And it dimed out Ricky Carmichael. It was like, oh, man, that's mean. The whole thing was mean. It even accused him of wearing a toupee. It was not nice, yet funny, and I laughed, as did the, the clowns who were with me, but clowns laugh at anything, and we all laughed, and we're like, wow, this is sure to win us friends in high places in the moto world. 
here's what happened, to be honest with you. Daniel Blair was my arch nemesis based solely on him being a Dallas Cowboy fan. And I love to take jabs at Daniel Blair for no reason other than he's a Dallas Cowboy fan. And I made him my arch nemesis because I love the Weege, if you don't know that. Jason Y. Getz, my favorite radio moto broadcaster, television moto broadcaster. He's my favorite. I dig Weege. And I always thought, Daniel Blair is no Weege. You are no Jason Y. Get, Mr. Daniel Blair. No, no, no. So I took umbrage with him, and I took shots at him on the regular, and then he just up and quit. And I'm like, what fun is that? So there's somebody new in the crosshairs, and their name is Ricky Carmichael. That's kind of what's happened here. I'm just telling you, there's a new arch nemesis of the stretch show, and it is now Ricky Carmichael. So, and by the way, we hear he's the guy, according to rumors and gossip and hearsay, that he might be the reason Daniel Blair quit in the first place. And I'm like, Daniel Blair was my art. I needed Daniel Blair. Stretch needed Daniel Blair. It gave me a target to vent my wrath upon on a daily basis when I vented on the motocross world. And now he's gone. So, I threw a dart at the board and it landed on Ricky Carmichael's picture. It's now RC. And we had that commercial done up and we played it. And if I get, I'll play it again this week if I, if Moto sends it to me. He had it in the studio. I was at the Big 49 West studio. Remember, Moto Man and Jason are, they act like they're nice guys and it stretches the a-hole. No, 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 no. They're the devil. Those two are the devil. They're secretly evil. I'm openly evil. They're secretly evil, which is way worse. If you're going to be evil, just be honest about your evilness, right? No, no, no. Not Moto Man. Not Jason from HYR. Secret evil. Scary evil. Those two. I, I'm an open book. Oh, you're like, oh, that's stretch. He's an a he's an evil a-hole. Yep. There you go. Problem solved. So look out. Things are getting crazy on the four. Now, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we got a new arch nemesis. And he's way more powerful than Daniel Blair was. He's way more decorated as a writer. He's the guy they call the GOAT. It'd be like picking out Tom Brady as the dude you're going to come after. It's like, oh, smokes. Yeah. So get ready. It's going to be interesting around here for the motocross season. And then the supercross season. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I'm not much worried about it. I'm just trying to keep this thing on the tracks. Have some fun. Play some rock and roll. Talk about moto. By the way, speaking of moto, I saw a great Kenny Roxon video this weekend he did for uh, World Supercross. That's coming. That's coming sooner rather than later. There's a lot of moto to talk about this summer, and we are fired up on it. We'll cover all of it because we're the Big 49, and that's what the Big 49 does. Moto. Rock. Extreme. I'm Stretch. It's the Big 49. Big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Here's an update on Club MX rider Jeremy Martin. It doesn't come from Jeremy himself, but older brother Alex Martin to Troll Train. He says the update on the little man, he dislocated and broke his right wrist in that second moto crash at Hangtown. He had surgery yesterday morning to set and fix several things. He says J-Mart is hurting pretty bad from this one and a hang in there. So that's the update on Jeremy Martin. It did not look good when that happened on Saturday. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It's a Stretch show on a Monday.
it now. Let's. I think I'm gonna go back to Florida. That's what I'm gonna do. Florida makes me happy. I got a great Kalkine story coming up too later on. It's not from Florida though. This one happened. Spring Hill, Florida. A lady who has since been uh, identified as Mrs. Ortega. Yeah, Mrs. Ortega walked into a bank on Wednesday of last week in Spring Hill, Florida. Walked into Wells Fargo. Her name's Vanessa Ortega. She's 31 years old. And she held a bright blue Nerf gun up above her head. And she said, this is a robbery. Give me all your money. And then she proceeded to go to the teller window and uh, take money out of her account. Of course, the this is a robbery, give me all your money, will have the 5-0 heading towards the bank in a, in a rapid progression. And later on, they knew she was because, like I said, when she came in and said it was a robbery, she didn't went and took money out of her own personal account. They still called the police. They didn't find the joke funny. Neither did the police who were actually now looking for her because they knew who she was. And they got a call of another disturbance later on in that day. And lo and behold, it was Mrs. Ortega. And she's like, yeah, I was joking about that. And they're like, no one thought it was funny. You're under arrest for bank robbery. She's like, I didn't rob the bank. They're like, you said it was a robbery. She's now facing two counts of attempted robbery with a weapon. And she's on a $20,000 uh, bail. And she's apparently a problem child. They also said when the police rolled in that they not only did they know who she was when they saw the surveillance camera, like they already knew her. They're like, oh, her. Yeah, yeah, she's a uh, she's a frequent flyer. That's what happens in law enforcement. You see people, you're like, oh, man, this guy again? Or that girl? Oh, man. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye out. We'll pick him up. And sure enough, they picked her up later. Yeah. They said she had previous law enforcement contacts. Yeah, I'll say you did. That means you're a whole bag of alleged crazy. Yeah. And uh, fun to go into a bank with a blue Nerf gun. Even though, do you take it seriously? Somebody points a Nerf gun at me and says, give me your money. I'm probably going to punch him. But I don't know. I'm not a bank teller. What do I know? I'm just a big dumbass. All right, I have another What the Florida story. And I also have, for your fun and enjoyment, a New Mexico cocaine story. We'll get into that one next. We haven't talked about cocaine in a long time. I haven't talked about smuggling in a long time. I don't think I have to smuggle cocaine anymore. You know why? Big 49 country station's blowing the F up. West of Nashville gonna put the kids through college. This is what's going on with West of Nashville. Big 49 can't get out of its own way, but that's because us idiots are here goofing around on it. Probably uh, Big 49 would be in a sprint and we're keeping it at like a, like a slow jog because we're a bunch of idiots. Well, West of Nashville, we get out of its way, and that thing kicks ass. So, shout out to our country, all of our country listeners. All right, up next, yeah, I'll get you that cocaine story. You'll like it. It's the Big 49. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Saturday, Jordan Smith of the Star Racing Yamaha team finished 14th on the day. And this shows you how brutal it is in the 250 class. Jordan was very good in the Supercross season and finished at the top. But when you combine the East and the West and put them on outdoor tracks and these guys all go to town, 
He says he had a 35-minute absolute battle in Moto1 just to finish in 12th place. And then there was a huge pileup in the second moto, and Jordan says he was on the absolute bottom of that. Once they dug him out, he was able to get back on the bike and ride to a 17th place finish in that, which was good enough for a 14th overall on the day. It was brutal. Also, best of luck to Jeremy Martin, who was severely injured in a crash later in the second moto. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big Four Nine, it is a stretch show, and right now we're going to talk a little bit about cocaine. Well, this is not my cocaine music. No, it's not my cocaine music. All right, let me get my cocaine music. I, we can't go on with, with this. Yeah, we got to go. We, we got to play cocaine music. All right, here we go. Now I can talk about cocaine. Let's go to New Mexico. Got a lady. She went to Sonic drive-thru. I wish I had a Sonic near me. I see a Sonic, I stop. You know why? They got slushies. Slushies are delicious, especially when it's hot. They got hot dogs, they got hamburgers. Their food's okay. Their slushies are next level. I love the Sonic. I go there whenever I can, like I said. Same thing with this lady. She's like, oh, hell yeah, there's a Sony. I'm going to go get a Coney dog. So that's what she does. Pulls in the drive-thru. She orders a, a Coney Island chili dog. She gets out in the parking lot, and she bites into it, and she's eating it. It's delicious. Sonic got some damn good hot dogs. And the next thing you know, she bites into a plastic bag filled with powder. You know what that powder was? It's a stretch show. It was cocaine. That's what it was. She had a bag of cocaine in her hot dog at Sonic. Oh, hells no. Had to call a 5 She's like, I bit into a uh, plastic bag with white powdery substance. 5 rolls up. And they find a guy working the drive-thru window. His name is Jeffrey Salazar. He's 54 years old. And they're like, hey, uh, we just got a complaint from a lady in the parking lot. Went to the drive-thru. Got a hot dog, had a baggie in it. That baggie contained, after we ran a test on the substance inside, what we believe to be cocaine. I don't know if Mr. Salazar bolted for it or what happened because then they went to the store surveillance cameras and they saw Mr. Salazar like packing the orders and then freak out. So I don't think he was dealing cocaine from the drive through window, which is. A sure way to get in trouble. I think Mr. Salazar had some cocaine and he had it in his hand and he was about to get down and I think he accidentally dropped it into the chili dog uh, somehow or into the packaging of the chili dog. I I'm not exactly sure how your cocaine, unless you were high as a mofo, got into the chili dog of a customer and then they could see him on the camera frantically looking for something and they're like, yeah, that's our guy. Mr. Salazar was arrested, felony charge, possession of cocaine. Yeah. The female customer who bit into the hot dog that had the baggie of cocaine in it said it was a delicious hot dog topped with warm chili, melted cheddar cheese, and cocaine. After she bit into it, she made that dis uh, disturbing discovery, and she immediately notified the 5-0, who then immediately came, ran a test on it, 
and immediately said, somebody inside that store dropped cocaine into your hot dog. And we're gonna find out. They believe it to be Mr. Salazar. Salazar says, no, 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 no. I bought the cocaine outside in the parking lot. The lady, by the way, is suing. When you bite into a, a cocaine-filled hot dog at Sonic, you sue Sonic, and that's what she's doing. So good luck to everyone involved. Don't do cocaine. It's bad. I'm stretch. Coming up, Jet Lawrence on the Big 4-9. Big 4-9. It is a stretch show. Time to pack it up and pack it in on this Monday and get up on out of here. Tomorrow, I don't know who I have on. I, I got all kinds of interviews. I might have another Lawrence brother. I might go 1-1 one, one with Lawrence brothers. Boom, boom, boom. I know I'll have Jet in the middle of the show tomorrow, no matter what happens. I gotta figure it out. I don't know. It's just hard decision. I could have Dylan Fernandez on again. I could have Hunter Lawrence on again. I could have Danger Boy Deegan on again. Ah, it's just a, a lot of decisions to be made before the Tuesday show. And I am not up to making them yet. Because Monday suck and I'm living in a fog. It's like I'm drunk, but I don't drink. What the hell? Maybe I'm just old. Probably more likely what's happening. All right, you guys, I thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget the country station and the behemoth, the blowtorch, the 49 killer. I call it westofnash.com. That thing is a gorilla. There's 700-pound gorillas, and then there's 1,700-pound gorillas. West of Nashville is a 1,700-pound gorilla. There's not a radio station in the entire Southern California market country station that's anywhere near the volume of west of nashville it's crazy dude it's kicking the snot out of us here the 49 i believe moto man it's moto man's fault maybe jason from hyr's fault too for being mean to ricky carmichael possibly i never say mean things i just say truth i just a truth sayer it's hard being stretched man i'm misunderstood I have to go home. I got a busy week. Next week, I am going to drop interesting things on you people. I'm serious. It's going to be a good time to listen to Stretch Show. If you miss any of it, you can always pick it up on the old podcast. Stretch Show podcast available everywhere podcasts are served. Next week, I am going to let it fly. I'm also coming up with my paranormal podcast which isn't going to be a regular podcast. It's just a few special editions that will only be on podcast of me telling my ghost stories so that I don't oversaturate the motocross rock radio station with them along the way. All of that. Coming very soon right here to the Big 49, thebig49.com, big49radio.com. It's all the same place. Thank you for listening. Please tell your friends. Get yourselves back into motocross. And we will have your coverage on Saturday. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Till then, God bless you all, and God bless the United States of America.